God, our viewpoint and our perspective has been shaped by so much of pain. Our viewpoint and our perspective has been shaped by the avoidance of pain. We have seen too much, gone through too much, or we refuse to see the bad in anything at all. But God, I wonder if we are creating unnecessary boundaries on our lives and also the way that we minister. Help us to see you in all things. Help us to have your perspective, your vision, your eyesight, the way you hear, the way you see people, God. Help us to align in that, Lord. And remove all doubt and all shame and all inhibitions to change and grow in our perspective. We no longer want to be bound by what we know and what we used to know. But we want to be only fulfilled in what you will teach us and bring us into. Let us know if our perspective is healing us or killing us. I want us to talk about our perspective and really examine if our perspective is healing us or killing us. What's interesting is I just was in prayer and meditating and um, and I thought about the way that I view life and we as believers view life. And truthfully, you can tell how someone views life and what their point of view is like based on their conversation based on who they are, who they hang with, the type of music they listen to. All of this stuff is really a determining factor on how they see the world, how they see themselves, how they see others, and also how they see God. And then my mind went to the psychology, the psychology test of um, the glass half, half empty and glass half full. So we know that they have created this test and I'm not sure when they created this test, but we've all heard that saying, you know, oh, look at the glass half empty or half full. And those who looked at the glass half empty were those who were considered pessimists. They looked at life um, more negatively. They look at all the bad things in life. They seen the bad things in life and they kind of focus on that. Because remember, your perspective is your point of view. This is where you're focusing your view. And those who tend to look at glass half full are the optimists. They look at things, um, uh, the joys of life, a little bit more beautiful. They always want to see the positive. You know, have you ever heard of, you only see the good in people. And sometimes it's really a good thing, but is it necessarily always a good thing? When we only can see one side or another. And I was thinking about this. I said, well, God, you know, there are points to both sides of those viewpoints. But what is it that we as believers are supposed to have? We are supposed to have the viewpoint of Christ. And the only way to have the viewpoint of Christ is through faith. Now, what is interesting, now let's think about this. 
if someone is a natural optimist, they always see the good. They always see the beauty in everything. Everything is lovely. Everything is good. My concern is, and I've seen this so many times, and really this was triggered by a Facebook post. You know, I know, yes, a Facebook post by someone that I knew. And it was so unfortunate to see this person really shocked by the amount of I guess you could say uh, uh, sin, yes, uh, the amount of sin in this. And this was, this was specifically talking about uh, racism and this was specifically talking about bigotry and things like that that was happening in the body of Christ. And they were so saddened by this and they just could not believe that all of this was happening at a Christian school. And then I thought to myself, and you know, I didn't put this on the on the post on Facebook, but I just thought to myself, why is it, that we only want to view one side. You know, you're going to have some people who say, well, you know, those folks always do X, Y, Z. If you have been in the church long enough, you have heard a lot of negative things about church from people who either were raised in the church, who have gone through some type of pain within the church, and so they're no longer a part of the church, right? And my concern is that when we are not giving people grace to be human, the moment that they fail us, it's affects our faith. The Bible says we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Even those that you consider to have the most wisdom, the most anointing, the most loving, the most caring, the most whatever, right? All the positives. They still have another side to them. Some people are good enough to where they make sure either they are constantly submitting themselves unto God or they know how to hide it and not let you see it. But then I did really think about this. If I'm only choosing to look at the good in everything, am I really preparing myself to restore my brother or sister if they have fallen? We have seen it so many times in the news. A pastor or a leader has done something that has hurt the body of Christ, the church that they were assigned to. And while they were definitely wrong, my heart goes to all of those people who have left the faith because of someone that they loved and respected was human. And when I say human, I mean flawed because we are all flawed. Now, this does not take away what they have done because what they have done, whatever it is that they have done is completely wrong. Nor does it diminish the pain that you have gone through because someone has offended you. But when something shakes you so much to your core to where it knocks your beliefs and you're in shock, my question is, were we looking at them or were we looking at God? Because there's multiple scriptures in the body. I mean, in the Bible, excuse me, that says, trust not men. And it's not because that we're just terrible people is because at the end of the day, we're going to fail you knowingly or unknowingly. Someone is going to mess up, including yourselves. I believe it's in Proverbs 2 when it says a fool trusted in himself. So I think about this like how, okay, those who are extremely optimistic. It is wonderful and is beautiful, but are you purposely putting on blinders that are keeping you from seeing the woes of the world 
that does not allow you to pray it intercede and call things into order? Are we purposely saying I am choosing to be ignorant because I feel like this pain is too much? Then my thought is, well, do we believe that God is the redeemer and the restorer and the healer of all things? In order for me to see that and understand that and believe that, I need to see it first. Even if I'm having faith that all things will be restored, I need to see it first. I need to believe, okay, this is, this is what is out here. There's pain. There's trauma. There's a lot of sad things. Now, I, I want to make this clear. Now, we are all called to different ministries to see things, right? But if I'm choosing to only see the good in life, my question is, how are we able to see the things that God needs to heal? The word of God says that the poor will always be among us. So I cannot ignore the poor. That means that God has given us a mission to always help somebody. But in order for me to help someone, I need to see the pain. I need to see what is going on. I want to read Matthew 10, 16 through 23. And this is the NIV version. And this is Jesus talking to his disciples. Jesus says, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard and you will be handed over to the local council and be flogged in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But this is verse 19. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. Verse 20, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death and a father, his child and children rebel against their parents and have them put to death. 22, you will be hated by everyone because of me. Hear me. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. Remember, when we have accepted Jesus Christ in our lives, we are now disciples. So verse 22, this is Matthew 10, 16 through 23. Verse 22 says, you will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. Truly, I tell you, you will not finish going through the towns of Israel before the son of man comes. This right here lets me know what I love is how Jesus literally gave them, like my husband would say, Jesus put them on game. He told them, hey, you are about to go through some stuff for me. You are about to see some nonsense from me. They're going to beat you because of me. They're going to hate you because of me. You're going to see brother betray brother. You're going to see father re rebel uh, against his child. You're going to see children be rebel against his parents. You're going to see all of this. And it's because I'm calling you into a wicked world that needs to hear salvation. So to all of my optimists out there, I love you and I know I love how how joyous you are. And sometimes people may call you a flower child or you just very you think differently. But has your viewpoint narrowed so much of your life or how you move in this world where you are purposely 
removing yourself from painful situations. Now, we will suffer for righteousness sake. Part of the fruit of the spirit is long suffering. The only way to understand long suffering is for me to actually go through and to be tried in the fire. And to experience what it is to go through for the namesake of Christ, right? But I wonder, are we putting up these blinders to make it seem like, no, everything is good. But am I really walking in my full warrior potential? I'm going to say this, make that up. Warrior potential for Christ. If I'm only looking at things in a negative way. Now, Let's switch the conversation to our pessimists, those who only see the negative, those who only see the bad things. How is your perspective lining up with God? Now, this is for all of us. Because truthfully, all of us may, depends on what season we are in in life, what it could be an age time or, you know, in a certain era in our life when we were kids, teenagers, 20s, 30s, whatever your age group is, we can either see that we were naturally just always optimistic. We had so much joy. We had so much faith. And then life hit. The next thing you know, we're like, uh, we were jaded by life. We became jaded by what is going on. But what if those of us who have been gone, who have gone through so much stuff, we only see the negative. It is hard for us to truly believe that someone can change. It is hard for us to really, really walk in faith without the spirit of fear and bondage and, and, and doubt literally having a chokehold on us because we have gone through so much or seen so much. And my question is, have we really healed from it where I'm not able to see the faith of God and see the ability of God to do something better and greater than what he's called in front of me? First Kings 18 and 44. I like this one because this one's talking about a drought. They were in a drought for three and a half years. And, and prophet, I believe it was prophet Elijah came and he um, prayed a prayer about the rain. And in uh, 1844 says, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud. Now, before this, the servant was sent to by the uh the servant was sent by the ocean side to see if there was a cloud coming through do you see any rain if i'm not honey if that's not faith walk i'm talking about you there has been no water for three and a half years three and a half years and now this servant is packing up and traveling to see if they see a drop of water coming by the ocean and in verse 44, it says, And it came to pass that the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go and say to Ahab, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops. Has your ability to only see the negative and only be a pessimist stopped your level of faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's Hebrews 11 and 1. Faith is beyond what we have gone through. Faith says I'm aligning up with the word of God. Let it be from what I have read and studied in scripture, what was prophesied over me, what I heard in prayer. Faith is saying I am lining my walk and my perspective 
with the word of God. I understand both of us, let it be from optimist to the pessimist. Some way, somehow that viewpoint was shaped. Let it be through how we were raised, maybe the household that we were in, maybe the Christian or non-Christian background that we had growing up, maybe it was from the things that we have gone through. But my question is, those viewpoints, if we really, really, really examine it, is it healing us or killing us? And the only way to know if something is healing us or killing us, does it align with God? God's viewpoint is faith. God likes to see the total picture. Remember, he is alpha and omega. He is the beginning and the end. So he is in all places at all times, everywhere. So I cannot get so locked into one perspective where I don't see the other perspective because in both perspective, I'm going to see God. But my concern is as believers, as the world is waiting, the world is waiting for us as believers with all of our gifts, our talents, the knowledge and the grace of wisdom that God has bestowed upon us, anything that God has for us to arrive because they are waiting to be saved through Jesus Christ. But what if the way that I'm viewing the world is really stopping me from ministering to people? Is really stopping me for another level of understanding of God's grace? Here's the truth. I really didn't know God as a healer until I really went through some stuff for myself. You know, I heard of testimonies. Yes, I'm grateful. And I celebrated. I went through. I was like, man, I celebrated with those people who got it. Uh, and they overcame so many situations. Let it be uh, a grave sicknesses. Let it be something that was a temporary thing to where it was like, oh, it's just a cold or whatever the case is. But it wasn't until... I had an incident years ago when I had internal bleeding and I didn't realize it. They had to perform emergency surgery on me. And I look back on that and I'm like, Lord, your hands of protection was over me. To the point where one of the nurses said, girl, you must have some angels around you because my vitals were normal. My heart rate was normal, literally as I was bleeding to death. And I remember in that moment, I was so calm and at peace. I felt the protection of God. But if I didn't look back at it and if I said, God, I want to see you even in that moment, even in my most traumatic things, God, let me see you. Even in my victories, God, let me see you. God has a way of letting us see him that, he, that humbles us to make sure that we are at his feet. And we give him all the praise and all the glory. And the only way I want to make sure I make this clear. In order for us to make sure our, our perspective is aligned with God. We do have to make sure that we are living in faith and we are moving in faith. We are really, really, really. When I say living in faith and moving in faith, you have to take various steps that call you out of your comfort zone. You have to take various steps that call you out of a place of quote unquote peace. And when I say peace, this is what you deem as peace, right? Because we were just talking about contentment. What is the spirit of contentment? Contentment is when I'm at peace, but the only way for me to be truly content is knowing that I'm in the will of God. 
because some of us have equated peace to what is comfort. And we all know following God <laughs> is uncomfortable, is going to challenge us. It is going to stretch us. But our faith has to align with God. So my perspective has to align with my faith. But the only way to truly know what is coming out of what is my perspective is to see what is in my heart. And I have to submit my ways unto him. I have to see that God is more than what I can even think or imagine. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, 24, I'm excuse me, 423, Proverbs 4 and 23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So let's take a moment and examine. Just ask yourself, do I have a tendency to only see the good? Now, once again, this is not anything to make someone feel bad or feel condemned, this is a moment for us to reflect. Do I only see the good in people, in life, in situations? Or do I only see the bad in people, in life, in situations? And then I want you to think about if you have a tendency to lean on one side or the other, and then now examine how you view God. Because our heart determines how we view God. Our, heart, our heart's posture determines how we view God. Now I remind you, Proverbs 4.23 just says, Above all else, guard your heart from everything you do flows from it. So I have to ask the Holy Spirit to guard my heart because everything I do, even how I see God, how I see myself, how I see my husband, my children, life, my future, my church, our businesses, everything, even the world, my neighbors, everything I do flows from it. So what is in my heart? God, search our hearts. What is in our hearts? Now, when we present this question to ourselves for us to meditate and really to the Holy Spirit for us to really, really, really come in and search our hearts. And I want to end with this passage of scriptures. Psalms 139. And this is David. Anyone who has read Psalms, you see what I love about David. David, some people will say that David was a very emotional person. He was a warrior, but he was emotional. He was a man after God's own heart. When he was anointed, that's what they proclaimed him, that he was a man after God's own heart. So I love how emotional and poetic David could be. And before I read this last passage of scriptures, I want us to really meditate on what I'm going to ask of us. And then also meditate on this passage of scripture. As we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to examine our hearts and search it through and through. I want you to really think about how your viewpoint of either being an optimist or a pessimist has really locked you into some systems that has really kept you from progressing and living a full life in God. Does it fully align with the word of God? Does your viewpoint align with faith? 
Does it see faith? Does it speak faith? Does it move in faith? And there's nothing wrong with crying out to God and telling him how you really feel about stuff. But my concern is when we have created belief systems and natural systems that lock us into a certain position that does not allow us to be fully fulfilled in Christ. Psalms 139 says, Lord, you know everything there is to know about me. You perceive every moment of my heart and soul. You understand my every thought before it even enters my mind. You are so intimately aware of me, Lord. You read my heart like an open book and you know all the words I'm about to speak before I even start a sentence. You know every step I will take before my journey begins. You've gone into my future to prepare the way in kindness and in kindness you follow behind me to spare me from the harm of my past. You have laid your hand on me. This is just too wonderful and deep and incomprehensible. Your understanding of me brings me wonder and strength. Where could I go from your spirit? Where could I run and hide from your face? If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the realm of the dead, you're there too. If I fly with wings into the shining dawn, you're there. If I fly into the radiant sunset, you're there waiting. Wherever I go, your hand will guide me. Your strength will empower me. It's impossible to disappear from you or to ask darkness to hide me. For your presence is everywhere, bringing light into my night. There is no such thing as darkness with you. The night to you is as bright as the day. There's no difference between the two. You formed my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside, my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes, to think, amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place. Carefully, skillfully, you shaped me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day and the numbers, the numbers of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me, how precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in every thought oh god your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on every shore when i awake each morning you're still with me oh god come and slay these bloodthirsty murderous men for i cry out depart from me you wicked ones see how they blaspheme your sacred name and lift up themselves against you but all in vain Lord, can't you see how I despise those who despise you? For I grieve when I see them rise up against you. I have nothing but complete hatred and disgust for them. You, your enemies shall be my enemies. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. I want to say verse 23 again. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. 
find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift me through all of my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glories and everlasting ways. The path that brings me back to you. When we invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts and ask him to really search us, we are inviting the spirit of truth, which is God, to come in. The Bible says the truth shall set you free. And we know where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Some of us are choosing paths, paths, excuse me, because of our past. Some of us are choosing to look at things in a negative manner or a positive manner because it's hard to relive certain things. But I want us to live in faith, look at things through faith and have a perspective of faith. If I, is our perspective healing us or killing us? Thank you for joining us on episode two of Conquering Me. I pray that you have received something. I pray that you take time to really examine your perspective. And I, when I say you, look, I'm in that number two. I am always in that number because I believe that we can grow as a body and we can bring people into the body of Christ under the love and guidance and wisdom of God. So my prayer is that you receive something. I hope that you have. And if anyone out there does not know Christ in the bottom of their heart, I want you to reach out and just put your hand up by yourself and say, Lord, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you died for my sins. God, I want you to change my perspective that aligns with your faith. Change my perspective that aligns with who you are. You died for me and I know that you have and I know that you have forgiven me of my sins. So I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you have said that and you believe that, that God died for you, that he has cleansed you of your sins, you are now saved. So the angels are rejoicing. Those are listening are rejoicing because you have decided I'm going to have a perspective that is in faith and in God. Love you all. And I will speak to you all next week.